Today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. So if you love the world, then your love is not in Jesus. You can say, I love Jesus all day long, but if your heart is of the world, then your heart is not of Jesus. Jesus said it himself, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon is speaking of money, and money is the things of the world. Not that money is bad, but the point being is, is if your heart is in the things of the world, then you are not following the Lord. The things of this world are enticing and distracting. Pastor Eric addresses this in his message on choosing between the world and God. He reminds us that we cannot love two masters, but must choose which we will worship. Furthermore, we must constantly work to keep God in the forefront of our praise in order to avoid this trap. Well, let's join Pastor Eric for part two of his message in 1 Samuel 8. God wants us to look to him. Check out what Jeremiah, the Lord spoke through Jeremiah the prophet. He said, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spread out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor cease from the yielding fruits. Man, that is what I want. I desire that. And I know the way in my head, but oftentimes I can't get it from the head to the heart. But here it says that blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. Because his roots are going to be planted by the living water. And, and when the heat comes, you are not going to be worried. And so many of us deal with fear and worry and being anxious. But here is a good reminder to us by saying, if we trust in the Lord, if our hope is in the Lord, we will be planted. We will not fear. We will not worry. We will not be anxious, and you will continue to yield that fruit. Man, that's an awesome verse. It's Jeremiah 17, verses 7 through 8. And it's the same idea that God gave Joshua. Don't look around, but trust in me, son, and I will prosper you. You will bear fruit. But God, here's the cool thing about God is, is that when we struggle with fear, when we struggle with anxiety and all that stuff, God is still right there for us, and he's encouraging us. But he is just crying out to us in a sense through his voice, trust in me, trust in me. Nothing can be done without my say-so because God has the authority under heaven and in the earth, okay? And that's a great thing to realize is that God is in control. Let's not give the enemy more power than what they need to have because he'll use it against us. And so we need to just remember God is in control, and if you battle with the fear of whatever, just know that the final say has to go through God. <laughs> and just leave it to that. Just leave it to God. Leave it to the throne. Anyways, but the same principle applies to us tonight, you know. If we don't trust in the Lord, then we are rejecting the Lord, just like the children of Israel. The children of Israel weren't trusting in God. They were looking to their neighbors. And when you don't trust the Lord, then you forsake the Lord. Because where is your trust at? It's in yourself. It's in your decisions and not in the decisions of the Lord. And so if you're rejecting or forsaking, God's going to allow you, okay, fine. You want to choose your path, go down it. Because God's a loving God. 
He allows that. He doesn't force you to trust him. And I love that about God. Even though there's those times where I really cry out and say, God, please just force me to trust you. But that wouldn't be very loving. And I probably wouldn't like it. But God is gracious. He allows us to, to choose our path. So, you might be able to go down your path, and it might make sense to you for a moment, but in the end, you probably end up looking like a fool. Continuing on in verse 10 through 22, Samuel told all the words of the, of the Lord to the people who asked him for a king. And he said, this will be the behavior of the king who will reign uh, over you. He will take your sons and point them for his own chariots and to be his horsemen. And some will run before his chariots. He will appoint captains over his thousands and captains over his fifties and will set some to plow his ground and reap his harvest and some to make his weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. Verse 13, he will take your daughters to be perfumers, cooks, and bakers. And he will take the best of your fields, your vineyards, your olive groves, and give them to his servants. And he will take a tenth of your grain and your vintage and give it to his officers and servants. And he will take your male servants, your female servants, your finest young men, your donkeys, and put them to his work. Verse 17. He will take a tenth of your sheep and you will be his servants. And you will cry out in that day because your king whom you have chosen for yourselves and the Lord will not hear you in that day. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel, and they said, No, but we will have a king over us, that we will also be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. In verse 21, Samuel heard all the words of the people and repeated them in the hearing of the Lord. So the Lord said to Samuel, Heed their voice and make them a king. And Samuel said to the men of Israel, Every man go to his city. <laughs> What a, what a campaign. He's going to take your kids. He's going to put them to work. He's going to have them pulling his carts, his chariots. He's going to take your land. He's going to take all this stuff from you. And, uh, and you're going to like it. He, he's going to take, 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 take. To me, that's a terrible campaign for authority of an overseer. I don't want that guy. Would take, take, take. But the children of Israel were such grounded in, in their mindset that they were like, I don't care. That's what we need is a king. Did you hear? He's going to take everything from you. We don't care. That's good. We want that. We want change. <laughs> we want that. That's a good thing. Really? It makes no sense to me. But... God is honoring them. Okay, you want that. I love you. So here you go. <laughs> Man, the people wanted a king. They didn't care about anything else, huh? Their minds were made up. They were made up. And God allowed what they wanted. Now, the king described here, uh, it really paints the picture of the ruler of this world. Who's the ruler of this world, you guys? Satan, the devil. What do I mean by that? Well, just like our king here in Samuel 8, how he takes and takes and takes and takes. And he, he takes to where the point where there is nothing left for the person. Well, I believe that's Satan's goal. 
is that he is trying to rob you. He's trying to take and take and take everything away from you. I mean, the Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Satan is not in it to bring you good things. He's, he's all about taking away from you. And some people are falling for that. Some people are good with that. Yeah, that's what we want. We want him to keep robbing us, keep taking away from us, keep hurting us. That just doesn't make any sense. But when you're blinded, when your heart is hardened, that's your mentality. That's your thought process. And Satan is seeking whom he can take, whom he can destroy. And Satan devours us when we are conformed to his world. When we look to the right, when we look to the left, when we want the things of this world, that's when he's got you. That's when he can take from you because you're already conformed to his world. And we're conformed when we lean on the desires of our flesh. Paul wrote this in Rome, you guys. You're probably familiar with it, but Romans 12, 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but what? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So Paul encourages by the Holy Spirit to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Be a transformer, man. Be different. Be a, a, a person of God, a child of God. Don't conform. Don't worry about the left or the right. Focus on what God wants, and he will not steer you wrong. And as John writes to the, church in, uh, the churches in 1 John, he says this. Check this out. He says, do not love the world. Or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Powerful. Think, let that soak in. Marinate. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. That's a pretty good deal because here if you, if you go with the lust of the eyes and the flesh and the things of this world, John just communicated that the world is passing away. But if you abide in, the, in Christ, in God, you will abide forever. So you, here you have temporary versus eternal. The choice is yours. The choice is mine. What do we choose? Because if you love the world then God is not your father. The devil is your father. Seems harsh. Seems kind of bitey. A little bit of teeth in that. But it needs to be that way because it's truth. Because that's exactly what Jesus communicated to the Jews who said to him, who followed him, saying, we have one father, and that's God. And so then check out Jesus' response. Ready for this? Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceed forth and came from God, nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks it from his own resources. For he is a liar and the father of it. Be but because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. 
Wow. So here in that warning is that if we follow the, the desires of the world, if we live in that lifestyle, the truth of the matter is, is that you're following the ways of the devil. And that seems pretty dang like, man, that's like, wow, really? But that should be a great heart check in saying, you know what, I don't desire that because I know that the world is passing away and I want eternity. So I'm going to come to the Father and I, I, God, you know that I, I love you. I mean, he said it to Peter, right? Get behind me, Satan. Well, there's those times where I think we need that check too. Hey, snap out of it. Snap out of the things of the world and get your focus back onto me. I know that I've needed that correction. And I praise God for that correction because that tells me that he loves me so much so that he cares for me, that he sends his spirit to, to tell me when I'm falling off and looking off into the world. And he, he brings me back on point. And that same love is that he's got for me as he's got for you in this whole world. So if you love the world, then your love is not in Jesus. You can say, I love Jesus all day long, but if your heart is of the world, then your heart is not of Jesus. Jesus said it himself, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon is speaking of money, and money is the things of the world. Not that money is bad, but the point being is, is if your heart is in the things of the world, then you are not following the Lord. And it's a decision. This is a commitment. This is a real deal. Relationship with God. So Israel is that at that point. They're good with the things of the world. And so God is like, okay, fine, you can have it. Samuel tells them that God wouldn't hear their cry, though, because there's going to be a point where they're going to be crying. And why? It's because of sin. And the same thing goes for us, you guys, is when we like the things of this world, when we worship and put the, king, the ruler of this world on the throne of our lives, then pain starts happening. Then we start feeling just the world coming down on us. And if our heart doesn't have the heart of repentance and turning to God, God will not hear because of the sin. John 9.31 confirms this by saying, Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. But here's the amazing thing, you guys. Here's the amazing thing that is beautiful. Jesus Christ was sent. And he died while we were yet still sinners. And so when we put our faith and trust in him, when we churn to Jesus Christ, then God, no matter what your past is, what you've done or what you're going to do, God sees Christ and he hears you because he sees the perfection of God in and through your lives. It's an amazing concept. It's an amazing thing. What an amazing attract... I mean, that's like, uh, that's like a, your eyes popping out of your head. That is like attractive to know that God has sent his son. Even while you were still yet a sinner, Christ died for you so that when God now sees you, he sees you as blameless and holy. Blameless like <laughs> you're just perfect because of Christ. But it takes that heart of going to Christ to achieve that. And once you do, Christ then washes you through his blood. And then God doesn't see you as a sinner anymore. He sees you as his son. Man, praise God for that. So we have a choice like Israel. 
Who do we want as king? Do we want King Jesus or King Satan? Or King Koopa? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> For your Mario fans. King Jesus, goofy, whatever. We have a choice. Satan wants to take and destroy, but Jesus wants to give and take. He gives life, happiness, peace, joy, understanding, wisdom, and he takes the sin away. That sounds like a pretty good king. Pretty good king. But the choice is ours, you guys. God is a God of love, and he allows us to choose. And I think that is the most beautiful thing that God has given to us, is a choice. Because it shows that he wants to have that relationship with us. He's not forcing it. He desires it, and he gives the choice to you and to me to make that choice. And we can choose him and to follow him. And God loves you guys, and he respects you in your choice. He respects you. So if you want to go your own way, you want to go to the right or the left, God respects that. God respects that. Okay? You can do it. That's a, that's a pretty loving God. And the whole thing, you guys, of 1 Samuel 8, reminds me of the prodigal son. And we don't have time to read it, but just to kind of to bring it in, you know, it's in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 20. It's when the son sees the whole world and he says, I want the world. I want the world. So dad, give me my inheritance and I'm gone. And we see the love of the father by saying, okay, son, you have the choice. I respect your choice. You can go. And so the son then goes off and he lives this life. He squanders his inheritance. He gets rid of it. And he comes to a point of where he has, his decision has made him a fool because he is in the field trying to get what the pigs eat. And he's crying out in verses 16 through 19, as you will see when you read it this week, you will see that he's crying out, but guess who's not there to hear? The father. Why isn't the father being able to hear? Because the son has not returned to the father. And so the son then reminds himself of the goodness of the, the servants in the father's house. And guess what leads him back to the father? It's not by guilt. It's nothing but else. But it's the kindness of the father and the household that was there. And that kindness draws the son back to the father. And when the father sees the son, he embraces him and welcomes him in, falls on his neck and kisses him. And that's the same thing that God does for us is that the moment that we go to the right and the left, we are doing the things of our heart's desire, God can't hear us until we cry out to him, until we come back to him. And that is a great picture of repentance, is when you repent and you come back, that's when the Father can embrace you. But the thing that draws you back to that repentance is the kindness of God, knowing that he is going to embrace you and welcome you back in without a thought in his mind. Because he loves you. He loves us. And he wants us to come home. And so, you know, even today, Israel is away from their father. But they will return. The Bible tells us that they will return and God will embrace them. And so for us tonight, the lesson really is, you know, the lesson for me through this whole thing is, is that ha, it's pretty easy. Don't choose the world. <laughs> because by choosing the world, then I'm not choosing God. And if you're of the world, then the message to me is to come back home. And by coming back home, I don't have to worry about 
if God's going to be angry at me, he's going to embrace me. He's going to love me. He's going to be excited that I've come. I mean, the, the parable says that he rejoices over one that has come to repentance. He rejoices. He has a party, a celebration. And the illustration was a sheep. Just think what he would do for you. It's pretty awesome. The third thing is just to continue to leave King Jesus on the throne of your life. Just continue to, to not worry about what people are doing. Don't worry about what man is doing, but worry about what God is doing. Have a fear of God and not man. And let him be your king. Don't let man be your king. Don't let Satan be your king. Forsake the king of the world because all he wants to do is take from you and take from you and take from you and take from you and take from you until you're done. So the choice is up to us, you guys. It's up to you. Who do you want to be king? God has given you the choice and he respects your choice. Choose Christ and you will prosper. Choose Satan and be destroyed. It's a little fire and brimstone right there. But it's with a heart of love, you guys, that we need to choose Christ because it's for our good. It's for our good that God wants us because he doesn't want us to perish. He wants us to be with him for everlasting life. Father, Lord, we just thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for just ministering to my heart, God, and just knowing that, yes, there's times where I fall, Lord, and I, it's easy for me to look to the right or the left into this world, but God, I know that you're telling me through your word that it's not worth it. It's not worth to go those ways because those ways lead to disaster, to devastation. But if I keep my trust in you, oh God, my faith in you, even if it's a speck of a mustard seed, God, that you will guide me through those times and that you will lead me according to your purpose and your plan for my life, knowing that those thoughts that you have towards me are thoughts of good and to bring me a future and a hope. And so, Lord, may I rest in that. May I choose that daily, Lord. May we choose that as a church, oh God, that we don't get caught up in what the world is doing, even what we're doing here as individuals in the church, God, but we focus on what you want from us, oh God, and that we humble ourselves to you and submit to you. And once we do that individually, corporately, Lord, it will be as one because we are following your will. And so, Lord Jesus, we pray for that, God, that we pray that we would just humble ourselves and not look to the right or to the left, Lord. Put those blinders on our heads, Lord, so that we see straight ahead. I don't want to see those things of the world, God, because they just lead to heartache and pain, stress, and just worry and all these things that are just garbage. And so, Lord, I just pray that we would have that heart to focus on you and trust in you and be that tree planted by the river. And that we would not then worry and we wouldn't be anxious when those times come towards us because we know where our roots are in. They're in Jesus Christ. Amen. And so, Father, we thank you. We pray, Lord, if there's anybody who is struggling with the world, Lord, that you would guide them back through your kindness for them. Tell them, Lord, confirm it in their hearts tonight that you love them and that you cherish them and that you, would, you want to embrace them and you want to have that relationship, God. You're not... a a mean God, but yes, God, we know you bring judgment. You're a God of love. And so, Lord, may we understand your love fully in our hearts, God, not just in our head. May we get it, Lord. May we understand that there's a God in heaven who loves us. Well, that's all the time we have for today here on Grace to the Hearers with Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge. Don't forget to join us next time as we continue our verse-by-verse -verse study through the book of 1 Samuel. 
Now, as we mentioned at the beginning of today's program, we'd like to make available to you a free copy of today's message. We can send you a copy of today's message on audio CD when you email us at info at gracetothehearers.com. That's info at gracetothehearers.com. Or you can listen to or download the message as originally recorded at Calvary Chapel Coolidge. Just visit our website at gracetothehearers.com. If you can't get to your computer to download or place an order, you can always call us at 520-723-7047. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number to call is 520-723-7047. Again, we invite you to visit our website at gracetothehearers.com, where we provide helpful information about our beliefs, service times, and a convenient map to our church if you're in the Coolidge, Arizona area and would like to visit us. The Bible teaching that you hear each day on Grace to the Hearers is from the worship services at Calvary Chapel Coolidge. So, if you've been blessed by today's message, join us for worship. Grace to the Hearers is the radio ministry of Pastor Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge. Please join us next time as we continue our study through the book of 1 Samuel. That's next time on Grace to the Hearers. Grace to the Hearers